0: Welcome to the Conkey Ride home for Thursday, December 9th, 2021. I'm Jackson Bird today. Finally, we get some truth from Bird Truthers. Everything you need to know about the Birds Aren't Real movement. Plus, New Zealand is banning tobacco completely for the upcoming generations. And Instagram is bringing back the chronological feed. Kind of. Here are some of the cool things from the news today. Maybe you've stumbled on the birds aren't real movement before and maybe seen some stickers or a t-shirt out in the world or come across one of their posts on social media. When I first heard about it a couple of years ago, I remember being really into it, mostly because I thought wearing a t-shirt that said birds aren't real would be particularly funny given my last name. I didn't really get it, though. Like, I read through everything on their website and felt like they were probably joking, but on the off chance that they weren't, I didn't really want to support them by buying and wearing a t-shirt. I also kind of felt like I must be missing something. You know, like everyone else knew who they were and what it was all about. I kept a tab to their website open in my browser for ages, always meaning to investigate further. Here's some of how they described their movement on their website. Quote, The Birds Aren't Real movement exists to spread awareness that the U.S. government genocided over 12 billion birds from 1959 to 2001 and replaced these birds with surveillance drone replicas, which still watch us every day. Once a preventative cause, our initial goal was to stop the forced extinction of real birds. Unfortunately, this was unsuccessful, and the government has since replaced every living bird with robotic replicas. Now our movement's prerogative is to make everyone aware of this fact. The term, birds aren't real, refers to biological birds no longer existing on United States soil. To simplify, birds no longer exist in the U.S. as a biological life form. Thus, birds aren't real. End quotes. Now, that may sound completely bonkers to you. Perhaps you're doubting how it could possibly be true. I mean, what about eggs? Quotes. The eggs we see in the 21st century are specifically designed by the government to appear indistinguishable from what eggs once were, when birds were real. When the government replaced the species with robotic replicas, it was key that these replicas sustained the same activities that their biological predecessors did, including producing edible eggs. End quote. Okay, what about bird meat? Same deal. Birds aren't real explains. It's synthetic. And bird poop? Well, at first they thought it was oil discharge from earlier bird drone models, but then, quote, recent studies show that 87% of bird poop in populated areas falls on people's cars. Why is this? Confidential documents leaked in 2018 revealing that bird poop is actually a form of liquidated tracking apparatus. If you walk outside and notice some bird poop just happened to fall on your car, be aware that you are now being tracked by the United States government. It's recommended did you clean your car exterior regularly to avoid this, end quote. Also, in case you're a hunter, or have seen roadkill in the past 20 years, or decide you want to disprove this whole claim by dissecting a poor bird, the Birds Aren't Real movement clarifies that the government bird drones are actually a super advanced kind of robot that's basically indistinguishable from a biological organism. And it goes on and on and on. Like, if you have a pet bird, that's a highly advanced form of government surveillance. And by the way, pet birds didn't even exist until a government propaganda campaign in 2001. Duh. There are also videos on the website and on social media ranging from recent rallies to banned advertisements from the 1980s, local TV spots, and even an ex-CIA agent confirming that birds are indeed surveillance drones, not to mention an extremely detailed 5,500 word multi-chapter history of the issue. And until today, they have never fully publicly admitted that it is all fake. The movement, that is, not the birds. In her latest New York Times piece explaining youth culture to the olds, Taylor Lawrence spoke to Peter McIndoe, the 23-year-old creator of Birds Aren't Real, who explained, on record for the first time, the real points of the organization. It all started when McIndoe saw some counter-protesters at the Women's March in Memphis in 2017, and basically to make fun of them, he scrawled, Birds aren't real, on the back of a poster and walked around the counter-protesters spouting lore about his claim. He'd never said the phrase before. It wasn't a reference to a prior joke. It was just something he came up with in the moment. But as with so many things these days, he was unknowingly filmed, and that footage got posted to social media where it immediately took off. And not just online. Birds aren't real graffiti and homemade stickers started showing up at nearby high schools. McIndoe had somehow really hit on something, so he and his friend Connor Gatos decided to lean into it. They came up with that fake 5,500-word history, photoshopped some images, and documents to go along with it, and eventually escalated it enough to start being interviewed by local media. That video of an ex-CIA agent confirming the theory, that was a hired actor. But another video of McIndoe explaining the avian genocide to bewildered Channel 3 WREG anchors is 100% real. Although it does seem like McIndoe might have tipped them off about it being a ruse prior to the interview. Once McIndoe and Gatos started selling merch, they also started making enough money to commit to the stunt full-time. They have an official van, they've put up billboards in a few towns, and they fly members of their bird brigade all over the country to attend rallies, some of which are standalone stunts, like a recent protest at Twitter's headquarters to demand they get rid of the bird logo, and other times they'll stand beside counter-protesters for other issues and drown them out with their chants about birds not being real. Lawrence says the movement is particularly popular with teens in the South, which made immediate sense to me as someone who grew up in Texas. When I was in high school, my friends and I formed a satirical club that we insisted we were serious about. It became one of the most popular clubs in the school and was suspended by the principal for a few weeks, until we fought back on the basis that since they, our public school, was bending a lot of rules on clubs and public prayers from just one particular religion, our club should be allowed to. And that whole idea was a little bit our motivation for starting the club to begin with. Not completely consciously, but you know, we were teenagers starting to work out our own opinions on the world from within a highly restrictive culture and we're starting to rebel in ways that were sometimes goofy, you know, a way of feeling like we were sticking it to the man while also having some harmless fun. And I see a lot of that in the Birds Aren't Real movement. There are young people who are a part of it that grew up in much more restrictive cultures than I did, or who have seen their family members brainwashed by misinformation, or have had adults claiming that the school shootings that they lived through were fake. There's a real pain and worry about the future behind the satire and the stunts, which tracks with what seems to be the prevailing perspective and sense of humor of Gen Z, as some of them have expressed to me, whereas some of us millennials grew up thinking that we could eventually achieve all the promises of the boomer generation—a house, a stable job, kids, a world unravaged by the climate emergency—and have been struggling to accept that the reality we were promised may never manifest and was never really the whole truth, Gen Z came into this world already feeling like it's on its way out. There's a cynicism to the generation as a whole, largely as a coping mechanism that some of us older folks sometimes can't understand at first through our very thick veneer of earnestness. Now, I'm making a lot of generalizations here, of course, but from conversations with people across the generations and reading way too many think pieces about generational divides, the fact that hordes of Gen Zers have turned their pain and fear into an intricately crafted satirical stunt makes perfect sense to me. And to Joshua Cidarella, an independent researcher of internet culture and online radicalization and youth, who told the New York Times in reference to any potential dangers of "birds aren't real" being taken seriously or causing other harm, "quote, you have to weigh the potential negative effects with any of this stuff, but in this case, it's so extremely small. Allowing people to engage in collaborative world building is therapeutic because it lets them disarm conspiracism and engage in a safe way." End quote. And fighting back against misinformation, and even, as Lawrence accurately described it, cosplaying conspiracy theorists as a form of coping and critiquing is exactly what Mackendoe and the rest of the Bird Brigade are trying to do. Mackendoe told Lawrence in the Times, quote, Dealing in the world of misinformation for the past few years, we've been really conscious of the line we walk. The idea is meant to be so preposterous, but we make sure nothing we're saying is too realistic. That's a consideration with coming out of character. Birds Aren't Real is not a shallow satire of conspiracies from the outside. It is from the deep inside. A lot of people in our generation feel the lunacy in all this. And Birds Aren't Real has been a way for people to process that. End quote. McIndoe, for his part, grew up in what Lawrence describes as a deeply conservative and religious community, with seven siblings, in Ohio and then rural Arkansas. He was homeschooled and, quote, taught that evolution was a massive brainwashing plan by the Democrats and Obama was the Antichrist, end quote. It was only when he discovered YouTube creators like Phil DeFranco and current event discussions on Reddit that he started learning more about the rest of the world and questioning what he'd been taught by his family. And as a side note here, there is a huge section of TikTok made up of people just like McIndoe. All kinds of late teens and early 20s folks who have broken away from insular, sometimes abusive communities they were raised in and are experiencing parts of the world for the first time, working toward degrees and sharing the trauma they're still dealing with from how they were raised. They're finding communities of support from others with similar experiences on TikTok, just like others, or even some of those same folks, are finding that same support and catharsis through birds aren't real. One Bird Brigade member, Haytho Ship, described it as, quote, Most conspiracy theories are fueled by hate or distrust or one powerful leader, but this is about finding an outlet for our pain end quote. And as McIndo says, quote, everything we've done with Birds Aren't Real is made to make sure it doesn't tip into where it could have a negative end result on the world. It's a safe space for people to come together and process the conspiracy takeover of America. It's a way to laugh at the madness rather than be overcome by it, end quote. So this is pretty gobsmacking to me. New Zealand has just banned tobacco for anyone born after 2008. Basically, as Gizmodo bluntly put it, quote, the move would eventually make it illegal for anyone in New Zealand to smoke, no matter how old they got, while allowing those who are currently addicted to tobacco to continue smoking until their death. End quote. The move is part of a wider announcement of other crackdowns on tobacco in the nation following a decades-long trend from legislators against the tobacco industry. Eventually, only tobacco with very low levels of nicotine will be allowed, and the nation will also vastly restrict the number of places where cigarettes can be sold. They'll no longer be sold at supermarkets or corner stores. The BBC notes that this will reduce the number of places where they can be sold from about 8,000 to less than 500. Some critics do worry that this will create a black market for tobacco, and the health ministry did say that they will need to dedicate more resources to customs to monitor illicit tobacco coming in. New Zealand has a goal of only 5% of the population smoking by 2025, and only an average of 11% of New Zealand adults smoke now. They've tried tax increases on tobacco products in the past, but Associate Health Minister Dr. Isha Veral said that those are unfair on people who are addicted, kind of punishing them twice, and that it also places a higher burden on lower-income people who are already more likely to smoke. So instead, they are essentially attempting to ban the upcoming generation from ever picking up the habit. Notably, this law would not include vaping. The government, while concerned about the rise of vaping, still views it as an effective tool for quitting, although I do wonder how long that perspective will last. I'm sure additional measures against vaping will come into play soon. And NPR notes that this strategy has never been tried anywhere else, but that youth sales have decreased in places where the minimum purchase age has been raised, like here in the US where we raised the age from 18 to 21. I just think it's really fascinating to watch things like cigarettes get hit with more restrictions as more and more places legalize marijuana. I mean, it makes sense, it's just pretty wild to watch happen in real time. So during a Senate subcommittee hearing on Wednesday, the head of Instagram, Adam Mosery, said that the social media platform would be bringing back a version of the chronological news feed. It would be one of multiple options for viewing the feed that Instagram is working on rolling out to users in the new year, so not something forced on users, just one of multiple options. The current algorithmic feed has been largely disliked by users since it was introduced five years ago. It shows posts based on how much you engage with other content from accounts, and more recently, also includes recommended posts from accounts you don't even follow. And unlike Twitter and other platforms that also introduced algorithmic feeds around the same time, Instagram has never offered an option for switching back. And while many, like myself, found ourselves using Instagram less and less ever since the algorithmic McFeed was implemented, you know, to the point where I might get about 5 posts down a couple times a month max these days, I think most people have just gotten used to it, actively like it, only look at stories or reels, or never knew any different. So if Instagram is trying to offer some kind of olive branch here or try to recruit the flocks of younger users who would rather hang out on TikTok, I don't think this will have much of an effect. You know, A lot of the people who care are long gone, and those younger users, well... TikTok's For You page is like Instagram's current algorithmic feed on steroids, and extremely popular with its users. The age group Instagram is trying to attract has barely known a world of chronological posts by people who they elected to follow, seen as all the platforms have prioritized recommended content for the last half a decade. During the Senate subcommittee hearing, Mosery also shared other efforts Instagram is making to try to make its platform less harmful to young people, including a new oversight body and parental controls. But Senator Richard Blumenthal told him, quote, That ain't gonna save kids from the addictive effects of your platform. End quote. Maybe they should just take a leaf out of New Zealand's book and ban Instagram for anyone born after 2008. Kidding. Kind of. But that is it from me for today. As always, this show was produced by Ride Home Media and org. I am Jackson Bird, and I will talk to you again tomorrow.